1: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
0: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
2: Welcome to the third hour Clay and Buck. A destabilized Middle East and a major war in Europe. These are the two things that come to mind when asked the question, how's Joe Biden doing as uh, president? How's the whole leader of the free world thing going? Well, I think we're all seeing it right now. We're seeing what it means to have an administration that lacks competency, that lacks vision, and uh, it can have uh, profoundly bad results, uh, things that really affect uh, millions and millions of people abroad and, of course, affect us here at home in other ways. Uh, we are already funding to the tune of hundreds of billions the Ukrainian fight against Russia. Uh, now we have an emergency appropriation underway for Israel. There's also a lot of concern uh, from the very beginning as well as uh, Israel, if Israel gets into a longer and, and more protracted fight with Hamas this time around than it has in previous uh, incursions. So I want to get into some of that, but, but first up, there's the other factor here, um, and it is what happens if all of a sudden – we find ourselves once again in a fight against what was formerly called, the or a fight we formerly called, the global war on terror. What if jihadism becomes something that is a major threat here at home? This isn't just some right-wing talking point. It's not that conservatives are looking for more ways to have people concerned under Biden's leadership or during Biden's uh, administration. There's plenty of that to go around already. Here is the FBI director, Chris Ray, warning that we could well see Hamas attacks here on our own soil. Play five. On top of the homegrown violent extremists and domestic violent extremists threat, we also cannot and do not discount the possibility that Hamas or another foreign terrorist organization may exploit the current conflict to conduct attacks here on our own soil. We have kept our sights on Hamas and have multiple ongoing investigations into individuals affiliated with that foreign terrorist organization. You know, Clay, uh, there are at least 172 individuals on the terror watch list who have been encountered trying to enter the U.S. in 2023. That's more than the previous six years uh, we've seen. So there is, is n- based on the numbers cause for concern. And, and that's with, I think it's like 600,000 gotaways now, which are people they have no idea who they, they just, they got into the country, never even stopped to check in with border patrol or anything. They just made it into the U S. So we have no idea, uh, who they, who those individuals are. Uh, it's not surprising that this border has allowed for that level of infiltration. And I, I think. You know, the, look, the FBI director is saying this a little bit as, as a cover their own, you know, cover their own, uh, behinds, if you will, over in the intelligence world. Uh, and, you know, you've got the New York Times also writing that, that basically America stopped, the American intelligence community stopped con- uh, collecting on Hamas after 9-11. So, you know, we don't have much when it comes to Hamas in terms of knowledge, foresight, and infiltration.
0: Remember when the FBI was telling us that the real threat to America was parents at school board meetings? I was mean, so
2: uh, scared about those parents. Some of them <laughs> raised their voices.
0: <laughs> I was, I was one of those parents who raised their voices at school board meetings. Remember when the FBI was telling us that uh, right wing extremism was the biggest threat that America faced? This is why I get so frustrated with much of the American security apparatus. Um, because it's not based in truth, it's based in narrative. And on some level, the idea that a bunch of dudes who uh, were basically powerless, right, were going to somehow bring a great threat to the United States government, by which I mean this. Joe Biden, since he came into office, there was a good clip yesterday of this, has been referring to MAGA extremism. People who are marching against Israel, chanting basically from the river to the sea and glory to our martyrs and things like that. We called them extremists. And Corinne Jean-Pierre refused to say that he would. And so if you aren't willing to call people who are effectively demanding the extermination of a race, then I think it's hard to argue that you really care about extremism in any way. And, and, and this, and you know this, Buck, and this is what's also frustrating to me, and this is someone who's not obviously ever worked in any sort of government capacity, but I understand incentive structure, and if you tell people hey, the biggest threat to America is right-wing MAGA extremists, you can go find them. And if you tell them basically, hey, you're going to get promoted if you go find this, some right-wing MAGA extremist," well, you can try to put together, like the FBI clearly did, a plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. You can find a couple of people that are gullible, that are not particularly smart, that probably couldn't execute a plan like this on their own, and you can be the muscle and the impetus behind their organizing principle. And so it's clear where real threats come from. And they were never coming from January 6th protesters. They were never going to come from people who are, in my opinion, diehard Donald Trump supporters. That doesn't mean that a diehard Trump supporter couldn't grab a gun and go shoot uh, people. I wish that didn't happen, but there are crazy people of all political persuasions but this idea that there was some sort of organized campaign to overthrow the United States government and we should all be terrified of it, or that there were existential threats to our democracy that are ingrown, I'm not concerned at all about that. I think I'm like most Americans looking around the world, afraid sometimes to even check your phone because World War Three might have broken out uh when uh when you leave your phone uh for twenty minutes and go uh go pick up your kids at school.
2: Well speaking of World War Three, um you have two areas of conflict that have the possibility of rapidly expanding. In the case of Russia, it would be escalation to involve some kind of uh tactical nuclear strike. By the way, I think that is a very, very remote possibility, but it is something that people are aware of. Um, and and then you also have Perhaps a more likely escalation, uh, possibility in the Middle East of direct confrontation with Iran, Iran making all kinds of public pronouncements about how they will not just stand by and allow America to get away with what Israel is going to do in Gaza, right? So that's, that's all going on. But the, on the US side of things, we now have this effort by the Biden regime. To link together, not just e- rhetorically, but in terms of funding um, Ukraine and Israel. So, so now it's, you can't just say, oh, I support Israel in its war against the barbarism of Hamas. It's, oh, we're going to send Israel help and we're sending Ukraine help at the same time. You can't just do one or the other. You got to do both. And here is the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, speaking to this issue. Play six.
1: What happens in Ukraine? And what happens in Israel matters not to just Ukraine and Israel, it matters to us. It affects our national security as well. We also have to remind ourselves that these countries are in a fight. They're fighting every day, and there are people dying every day. And in Ukraine, Putin continues to attack civilians uh, and commit war crimes that are that are despicable. So I think it's important to do what's necessary to support Ukraine and Israel, and to help them defend their sovereign territory. And so I think this is very important that we provide the support, and it's important that we provide the support now.
2: Ukraine and Israel are not the same fight. It's not the same thing. And the conflation of the two, I think, is something people should should be uh, very wary of. Um, I think it's a way to to uh, bully people into going along with uh, an aid package that's going to, again, have basically no oversight. And, you know, who knows in the case of Ukraine, who knows whose hands uh, that money is really going to going to end up in. But also, Secretary Austin Clay, in the same remarks, uh, we don't actually have this, but he says, basically, if if Ukraine falls, then next, it's a NATO country. And I sit here and I'm saying, no, the whole point. That's not true, and they keep saying this. The whole point of NATO is if Russia invades a NATO country, all the NATO countries go to war with Russia. So Ukraine is not a NATO country, okay? Ukraine was signed. this. It was like the the Budapest memorandum, and it was supposed to be Russia, the U.K., and America that guaranteed its security, and it gave away its nukes after, after the collapse of the Soviet Union. That was a mistake, but okay, that is what happened. This, this storyline that all the dominoes fall, look at the amount of trouble Russia's having fighting Ukraine alone as a country. Yes, we're supporting with materiel, but it's going to take on all of NATO. That, that, that's what we're supposed, if, if we don't back Ukraine endlessly with an open checkbook, all of Europe is going to fall to a Russia that is in a stalemate with Ukraine alone. I,
0: I just don't think that's true. It's not, it's dishonest. And, If if we need to link Israel and Ukraine and Taiwan funding, which is what the Biden administration is arguing we need to do to the tune of over $100 billion, I believe, then we're already in a world war. This is important, I think, for everybody out there to understand. If we are saying Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan, which are all uniquely different circumstances have to be connected for American uh, uh, investment and ma- material aid, then we're already in a world war. Because effectively what you're arguing by linking them is that... And that's a scary proposition in its first place, but if that's the argument you want to make, that's fine. This is where I think Mike uh, Mike uh, uh, Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, has done a good job. He yeah. is saying in the House, we're going to do Israel first... We'll have a vote on that. We're going to try to offset the cost of Israel by taking back some of the money that we gave to the IRS. We'll see if we can get that passed. At some point, they might try to reconcile it with the Senate. But this is where people get really frustrated, Buck, I think, on the uniparty concept. If Mitch McConnell agrees with the Biden administration, what is he there for?
2: Yeah. What would you say you do here, Mitch? That's the question that I would want to ask him. Oh, obviously, go along with the uniparty. But on on just the the Ukraine and Israel are are the same kind of fight, the same kind of you know defense of sovereign territory. Again, Russia's is, is an aggressor. Russia's fighting a war of conquest. I understand that. I I don't I don't quibble with that. Um, Russia wants to make Ukraine and the Ukrainians part of the Russian Federation, right? Russia took Crimea, for example, through referendum. You could say it was an unfair referendum, whatever, but it took it through referendum. It is not fighting a war of extermination against the Ukrainians. Like the point of it is not to, to, uh, ha- have an ethnic cleansing of all Ukrainians out of Ukraine. Russia's fighting a territory, a war of territorial conquest. Hamas wants to uh, kill all of the Jewish people and t- take all of the land, but kill all of the Jewish people. It has no interest in governing the Jewish people. So, so comparing these things or saying these are similar fights, I just think that there's a tremendous amount of well, I would say intentional intellectual sloppiness about this so that no one asks questions for the Ukraine aid, right? I mean, the, uh, helping Israel, Israel's in a fight for its survival against the worst kind of barbarism imaginable. Russia and Ukraine, we gotta figure out a territorial settlement between these two. And that's what Trump says that he would do if he was president. There has to be an agreement. You can come to some kind of an agreement with Vladimir Putin. You cannot come to any agreement with Hamas. These are different conflicts.
0: And it's honestly the same kind of conflict that exists with China and Taiwan, where China believes that Taiwan is its actual property, right? It's a part of the Chinese state in the same way that Russia believes Ukraine should be. So those are territorial disputes that are somewhat historically rational in nature. That is why you can negotiate with them. Hamas wants to eliminate... That's why the idea of the ceasefire is so absurd. Ham- Hamas is not going to stop on its goal to eliminate Jews from all of Israel, until, in their mind, they've done so. And so this idea that that could somehow be negotiated away defeats the entire purpose of what Hamas stands for.
2: Yeah. So uh, I I just think we we want clarity when we're talking about war and funding and involvement and U.S., the possibility of of, uh, U.S. direct military engagement. Clarity is important, and I do not trust this, oh, Israel and uh, Ukraine, it's kind of all the same thing. It is not all the same thing. All right, look, every three seconds, another American is the victim of identity theft. LifeLock is how you protect yourself from becoming part of those uh, statistics. Their systems scan the web looking for evidence of wrongdoing and get in touch with you immediately if they detect something. It's easy to sign up and will spare you a ton of time and anxiety if you do happen to become a victim of identity theft. I've dealt with this myself. Trust me, you want LifeLock to have your back. Go online to LifeLock.com. That's LifeLock.com. Or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Join now and save 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. I've got a LifeLock membership. I've had it for years, and I swear by it. Protect yourself with LifeLock. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to LifeLock.com and use promo code BUCK for 25% off.
0: Helping you separate truth from fiction. your friends and your community
2: change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify god whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's master's or doctoral degree gcus online on campus and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic personal and professional goals
0: Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. As we were talking earlier about the Republican primary race, Ron DeSantis is starting to run ads in Iowa two weeks earlier than was expected. I think the DeSantis team believes that they can win Iowa. Now, Nikki Haley is going to be a big battle there for second place as well and maybe first place, but the DeSantis team really feels like Trump is not as strong in Iowa as the Trump people think. Is it true or not? Well, time will tell, but the fact that they're going up with a big ad buy literally starting today says that they think he's vulnerable. Speaking of. Uh, national poll just came out, Buck. I wanted to hit you with the numbers. Quinnipiac, which is one of the more reliable national polls, basically Biden-Trump dead even, Biden's plus one. But guess what happens when you add RFK Jr. in? Biden goes to plus three, which is what we've been saying on this program, that RFK Jr. might harm Trump more than he harms Biden. Uh, But then when you add back in Carnell West... Um, we go back to uh Biden plus one. This poll shows RFK Jr. getting 22% of the overall electorate, 39% for Biden, 36% for Trump, 22% RFK Jr. That, I mean... I, if RFK Jr. gets over 20% of the vote, and by the way, they have Cornell West getting 6%, RFK Jr. getting 19%. Uh, they have Trump as a big favorite in the Republican primary, but this is pointing out, Buck, what I think is really important as we think about, you know, a year from now, this third party impact, if they can get ballot access is going to make it even more difficult to predict what the outcomes might be in these races. Republicans should be doing everything they can to make sure Cornel West is
2: on every single state ballot and give him as much support as they possibly can in whatever
0: ways they can. That's what I think they should do. I think that's accurate based on what the numbers are reflecting. Mike Lindell, always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. For instance, towels. You go into stores, towels feel soft to the touch at first. Then you get home use them the luster fades in a hurry that's why he made the my towels they say soft absorbent don't fall apart now my pillow excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels for you to try what makes them great they're made with a hundred percent long staple cotton you can get a six piece set for an amazing introductory price as low as 29.98 promo code clay and buck you can get the designer premium line just 20 bucks more no matter what set you decide that's 50 percent in savings Go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square to check out the six piece towel set. 50% in savings. Enter the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269. Again, it's mypillow.com. Use the promo code Clay and Buck. Mypillow.com. Get those my towels. Promo code Clay and Buck. We're now joined by Alan
2: Dershowitz, law professor and attorney. He defended President Trump during the impeachment trial and He has a new book coming out. It is available for pre-order right now. War against the Jews. How to stop Hamas barbarism. Professor Dershowitz, appreciate you being with us, sir. Can we start? We have have some legal, we have some legal questions to get to with you, but we wanted to start with what you are seeing, what we are all seeing on campus across America when it comes to the uh, anti-Semitism and the outright often support for Hamas after this mass casualty terror attack. How did it get to this point?
4: It got to this point because professors, administrators at colleges um, um, leaned over backwards in in support of what they call diversity, equity, and inclusion to create um, anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish, anti-American, anti-Judeo-Christian values at universities. Universities have now been propagandizing their students to woke leftist progressive uh for a number of years now. So this this doesn't surprise me. But it tells us what the future of America may look like unless changes are, are made, unless there's a reckoning now with how uh universities have become a kind of the Der Sturma, the, the German Nazi uh, newspaper that espoused anti Semitism. I mean my own students I taught at Harvard for fifty years. Thirty three student groups blamed the rapes, murders, beheadings on Israel before Israel even fired a shot in response. Alan, Not how bad it was.
0: are you hearing, Buck and I have been discussing what the lingering impact of this might be, how long the Hamas-Israel yeah. current issue might uh, exist, but are you hearing from a lot of people, you spent much of your career on the left. Have people come to you and said, hey, you know what, maybe you were right about a lot of the things that you've been saying who are traditionally on the left? And do you think Jewish voters in particular may be more open to understanding that they are not in much alliance, as much alliance as they thought, with the left in this country?
4: Oh, I think that's definitely happening. Now, do they have a home in the Republican Party? That's less certain. So I think a lot of Jews feel abandoned and homeless. Um, politically, um, certainly uh, they don't identify with the progressive woke squad or people on the hard left or the majority of young Democrat students who today oppose Israel and, and, and support Hamas. Uh, and remember, we're not talking about supporting the Palestinians. <clears throat> we're talking about supporting the group that has done the most harm to the Palestinians, namely Hamas. Hamas killed the Palestinian leaders engaged in a coup has created uh, horrors for the palestinian people in gaza so you know these are not pro-palestinian demonstrations they're anti-semitic anti-israel demonstrations i document that in in my book uh, the war against uh, uh, the jews um and it, it goes back um in time really really the significant event was the horrible police killing of george floyd that caused a reckoning and a changing of curriculum of admission criteria. Hundreds of millions of dollars were spent building up administrations and, and, and administrators uh for this so called diversity um equity and inclusion, which has turned out to be lack of diversity, um just diversity based on skin color, not on on, on ideas, uh lack of equality and exclusion of Jews, Christians um, patriotic Americans.
2: We're speaking to Professor Alan Dershowitz, His book, Coming Out, War, York City. He has multiple federal criminal trials outstanding. Um, what have you seen so far in this D.C. trial from Judge Chutkin, and do you think that that's actually on track to to be tried before the election?
4: Yes, and there'll be a conviction. They couldn't have gotten a better judge, the prosecutors, somebody with a long, long history of, of uh, very strong bias uh, in favor of the Democratic Party and against people like Trump. And they couldn't have gotten a better ven- venue for a jury. Ninety-five percent of the people picked for this jury will hate Trump. So there will be a conviction, without a doubt. Uh, you know, they would convict a ham sandwich if it had the name Trump on it. The question is, will there be an appeal before the election? My prediction is there will be a conviction before the election, the, the appeal will reverse the conviction, but it will be too late to influence the election. This is election interference. This is an attempt to try to influence the election. Look, I'm not a Trump supporter. I have a constitutional right to vote against Trump, as as many of your listeners have a constitutional right to vote for him or against him. But I want a fair election. I don't want an election with a thumb of the Justice Department on the scale or with people trying to get him disqualified under the 14th Amendment. Uh, he has to be able to run. And if he wins, he wins. If he loses, he loses. fair and Square. But uh, if we're not to become a banana republic, we can't allow uh, the incumbent administration to use a criminal justice system to uh, disqualify or discriminate against uh, the strongest uh, uh, candidate against them. Um, you know, I have a, I have a, um, a podcast called The Dirt Show in which I, I I give out bananas, uh, and we're to, we're up to six on a scale of ten. And if he's convicted in any of these trials, we're going to get up to seven and eight. And that's not what America is about. In America, we elect our presidents. We don't have the Justice Department or secretaries of state decide who can run.
0: We're talking to Alan Dershowitz, a legendary a lawyer. What do you think would happen? if Judge Chutkin or anyone else tries to put Trump in jail based on violation of a gag order? Do you think that would immediate... Do you think they'd be willing to do it? How would you... I know you're talking about Banana Republics here. To me, that's even crazier. And so that's part one of this question. Part two, what do you think, if Trump is convicted, they would try to do? Would they try to put him in jail pending his appeal like how do you see this process playing out because that's just crazy talk uh to me without any precedent to even contemplate
4: i agree with you and i think that uh cooler minds would prevail particularly when we have appellate courts if you were put in jail for violating a gag order that would be immediately appealable and it would be reversed uh he's not going to jail until after the election if he's defeated it's possible he would go to jail uh even if he's elected. Uh, you have two state cases, New York and Georgia, and the president can't um, uh, grant the pardon in state cases. So, And Georgia has mandatory prison term. So it's conceivable, but it's unlikely, that a, a person could be elected president of the United States and also be sentenced to prison. Uh, you know, we did have a mayor of Boston who, who was serving time. We had Eugene V. Debs, who ran for president in 1920, I think, uh, who was in jail for opposing the war, the First World War. So anything's possible, but I think it's unlikely. I think the likeliest result is we'll see two, perhaps three convictions, no jail um, pending appeal, and the convictions will be reversed in appeal after the election. But the convictions may themselves influence the election and give rise to new claims that uh, our election system is unfair.
0: So... You are standing on principle. I give you a lot of credit for this, even though you say you're not a Trump supporter. That's right. I don't know if you know Attorney General Merrick Garland very well. Not very well, no. Okay. How do you think he sleeps at night?
4: Well, you know, I thought he slept very well as a judge. He was a very good judge, and I actually supported his nomination to the Supreme Court. I think uh, he uh, has had a very difficult time. Uh, maneuvering between the political aspects of his office he's after all the cabinet member supposed to advise the president in every aspect of his presidency including getting re-elected <clears throat> at the same time he's the chief law enforcement officer it's a it's an impossible high wire act to manage and so i think um you know i don't give him very high grades on that he should have immediately appointed a special prosecutor to investigate um, uh, President Biden. I don't, I myself don't think Biden's guilty, but there's enough there to cause an investigation. Right now, the only investigation of Biden is um, for his possession of classified material. But there ought to be, if there's a special counsel investigating Trump as there was, resulted in an indictment, two indictments, there should also have been a special counsel to investigate Biden's dealings in Ukraine and his dealings with his son.
2: <clears throat> professor alan dershowitz everybody he has a book coming out war against the jews how to stop hamas barbarism available for pre-order right now on amazon professor appreciate your time sir
0: always my pleasure thank you tunnel towers foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices america's greatest heroes have made for us heroes who risk their lives to keep our communities and our country safe heroes like united states marine corps captain and pilot john jeremy Sachs. Sachs sustained fatal injuries when his military aircraft crashed during training, killing him and five other service members. He's remembered as courageous, brilliant, and devoted to his career, family, and friends. Sachs is survived by his wife, Amber, who gave birth to their second daughter three months after his death. Tunnel the Towers paid the mortgage on the family home for Amber and their two daughters. The foundation has helped over a 1,000 military and first responder families navigate the worst of times by removing the burden, of a mortgage payment. Our nation's heroes and their families need your help now more than ever. Donate $11 a month to tunnel the to towers at t2t.org. That's T, the number two T.org. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Use your CNB 24 seven subscription to get access to the guys. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. your friends and your community
2: change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify god whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's master's or doctoral degree gcus online on campus and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic personal and professional goals
0: Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time,
1: 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled?
0: closing up the wednesday edition of the program appreciate all of you who have hung out with us so far this week and months ahead and man a lot of craziness coming encourage you now that we're just 22 days out from thanksgiving go subscribe to the podcast you may be traveling around the country around the world uh as a part of your holiday season so we want to make sure you can take us with you wherever we are you can search out my name clay travis buck sexton you can also get Carol Markowitz and Tudor Dixon's shows as a part of that uh, podcast sign-up, and you'll be glad, I hope, uh, that you did so. A um, couple of things that are out there. I was mentioning that uh, Quinnipiac poll, Buck. I also wanted to play, because I think I, I said that I would, the audio of Ron DeSantis getting confronted about Nikki Haley. Remember, we've basically got a three-way race right now. Trump, DeSantis, Haley. And the question is, who's going to be the final combatant to go head-to-head with Trump? Here is Neil Cavuto interviewing Ron DeSantis, asking about Nikki Haley.
3: Nikki Haley has emerged uh, as a strong polling uh, favorite. She's tied with you in Iowa. And that has come really following her very tough talk on not only supporting Israel and Ukraine, but backing them both up with the money they need and not debating the issue now. Uh, do you fear you're kind of threading the needle on this is hurting you, that she's clear you're not, she's gaining, you're not? Well, actually, I've been much clearer on Israel. I mean, I said from the beginning, no Gaza refugees. You know, she said that America has been able to separate terrorists from uh, freedom fighters, and that's what we have to do. Now, she backtracked on that, but I've been very clear. Okay,
0: so that is just a subplot. Everybody's talking about Trump versus the field. The battle for second is also out there. It is consequential and I really think I don't I I don't know whether I buy into it. But the DeSantis team is convinced they can beat Trump in Iowa. And well, if they, that were to happen, then everything changes, right? But I don't know that I the buy the, the numbers there.
2: That's the only shot to really Change the momentum that they have. And I think a lot of people think it's a long shot at, at best right now. Um, but the, in the air of Trumpian electoral invincibility would, uh, would change if you had a DeSantis victory in Iowa. A lot of folks would say, hold on a second. Ted Cruz won Iowa back in 2016, which we certainly remember. It's not to say that it's a given. It's just. Okay. It would seem like more of a fight. Um, Trump was always ahead, but you know, there were points where the gap with, if you were to look at Rubio and Cruz's uh, numbers together, for example, would have been pretty, uh, you know, would have been competitive with, with Trump. Whereas we've seen nothing right now. No movement. No movement. Nothing competitive at all. So it's really a question of if Iowa were to go, uh, DeSantis's way, and I certainly think the DeSantis team is confident they can do that, because it's funny, every every time there's a Iowa caucuses, everyone who works in politics, they won't tell you this, but they're all, like, Googling Iowa caucuses, and be like, wait, how does this work again? You, like, hang out in a room, and you talk, and you vote, and you go to another room, and there's a... I mean, most people have absolutely no idea how the Iowa caucuses... I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert in it, but it's a different thing than just showing up and voting, and so ground organization... And, and focus on Iowa and focus on the caucuses makes a big difference. So if they're able to win that, maybe then things start to change for them going into New Hampshire. Maybe you start to see that movement and momentum in politics is very powerful.
0: And th- to speak uh, on the Iowa caucus, it's cold. It's at night. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Buck, but when it's cold and it's nighttime, Getting motivated to go outside and do anything is hard. So you're talking about the diehards of the diehards that are going to show up. And the reason why I bring it up is Ted Cruz at this point in the 2016 race was at 10% in Iowa. Both Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, according to the most recent Iowa poll, uh, are ahead of where Ted Cruz was at this point in time. And he ended up winning. Now, if I recall correctly, Buck, It took them like two weeks to figure out who won the caucus, didn't it? Like We didn't even really know for sure, if I remember correctly, that Ted Cruz won Iowa until a couple of weeks later. And so there was no proverbial massive bump for Ted Cruz because there was uncertainty surrounding who had actually won the Iowa caucuses. But I think at this point, anything other than Trump, DeSantis, Nikki Haley as the top three coming out of Iowa – would uh would be a uh a surprise and honestly yeah
2: no, no i was gonna sure. say i i think that i uh i misread a little bit in the last debate i thought nikki haley was uh super aggressive and remember she got she was very you know she basically said that vivek makes everyone dumber the has has fizzled okay he's you don't done. hear he's yeah. done uh he had his moment and, it, and it's gone and nikki haley has surged so I thought I saw that, and and my, my sense was voters won't like that, or primary voters, I was wrong. Apparently they did like it. Or something else about Nikki Haley became more appealing to them because she has been the
0: biggest beneficiary numbers-wise since the last debate. And by the way, if you're Trump, you'll love Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis going after each other because the longer they throw punches at each other, The more you are able to continue to solidify your lead So it's interesting There's almost as much of a battle now for second As there is to take on Trump With the idea being whoever is left Is going to be able to go head to head with Trump Now would that matter? That's the big conversation That's the question Does the math add up? Is Trump's lead uh, vulnerable Or does he have over 50% No matter who he goes head to head with? That's the essence of the question Of whether or not we even still have a race Right, well it's going to tell us whether we have a
2: primary that is really a contest or not And you know, I think some people want to see a fight I think you can make the argument that even if Trump is your person and is the eventual nominee Having to uh, sweat it out a little more in the primaries might hone the campaign a bit But other people would say, no, you're wasting time and money So the good news play is that there are a lot of opinions
0: out there and we share Not out going away, we're going to have a lot of fun over the next year Appreciate y'all, thanks for hanging Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel the Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People
2: who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel the Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. If you've got a military first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, govx.com is for you. Use code BUCK in the shopping cart to get an
0: extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve.